G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. What is Christianity like in Russia? And we might be able to reflect over many decades now in which there's been dramatic changes from the former USSR to the current circumstances in Russia. A very special guest to talk through some of these issues is Viktor Aktorov. He's the director of FEBC Russian Ministries. Victor is in Australia over these next 10 days and there are a number of opportunities that listeners will have to visit and uh, hear Victor face-to-face talking through issues to do with Russian uh, ministries and FEBC in Russia. And uh, I'll tell you about some of those dates in just a short while. Well, he's in Australia for the next 10 days and what a great opportunity and a privilege it is to be able to hear his story. Uh, Victor, welcome along to... Uh, 2020. It's it's good to be here, Neil. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, look, I can tell you that uh, Russia is, for many of us in Australia, a little bit a long way away. But people who have been following the news and might have a few years under under their uh, in in their life story will remember the ups and downs, the the turmoil, the upheaval. Uh, and we do follow, in general, political processes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the current Russian president. People will be able to uh, to name Mr. Putin. Uh, yeah. So we'll, But so far as ordinary day-to-day life in Russia, this is something that's not quite so prominent in the thinking of Aussies. And I'm going to get some insights from you about ordinary, everyday life in Russia too. Sure. But, Victor, let me just uh, talk a little bit about your story. Uh, you grew up in Russia. Your father was a political prisoner of the USSR. Uh, he was freed under Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, then you guys moved to the US. And, uh, and FEBC, Christian Radio in Russia, played a huge role in strengthening your faith as Christian believers Definitely, through a yeah, very tough yeah, time. Yeah. Tell when, us about those when, when you live in a town, and for example, I was going to school, in my school maybe maybe a thousand people, um, students, I was the only Christian. I was the only guy who did not wear that red tie that identified you as, as a young communist, you know. So uh, it, it was interesting, you know, we had a very small church and, and we would hide from the government, from the police. We would go into a forest and every time it was a different location. So uh, you would go and then the, the police would come and we, the young people, kids would, would run from the police. So it was exciting to be, to be, to be a Christian in those times. And of course, difficult too, because when I was 15, my, my dad was imprisoned. That was his second time. Uh, and uh, he was sent to Siberia uh, from, from eastern Ukraine. And uh, I visited him. Uh, I was 16 at the time. And I'll never forget. We were sitting uh, in this little room uh, for two hours. You know, it took us two days to get there to prison. And then for two hours, I was able to talk to my dad. And uh, I saw prisoners walking by, just like, you know, through the window. And some of them started waving to us, saying hi. And some of them were starting saying, saying hi to us in a Christian kind of way. They say, greetings to you. And I say to my dad, weren't you the only Krishna here in this prison? 
He says, yeah, six months ago I was the only Christian here, but the Lord has been working and moving. And he starts giving me story after story after story of those high-level political prisoners becoming Christians. And I was sitting there and I said, you know what, uh, that, you know, and I was 16. My dream was to bring three people in my lifetime to Christ. And I said, I'll never be able to match that, you know, to beat you <laughs> at how many people you, you bring to Christ. And, and my dad looked at me and he smiled and he said, uh, you know, one day you'll be preaching the gospel to thousands of people. And I said, yes, yeah, sure, of course, Dad. And uh, he looked at me again very seriously and he said, but you're not going to be doing it by yourself. You're going to be doing it as part of the body of Christ. And this is what's what's happening today. And through FEBC, we reached thousands and thousands of people throughout Russia, Ukraine, people who are suffering, people who are, um, uh, some of you know, of course, your listeners, you know, about the uh, events and the war in eastern Ukraine where the plane went, went down recently. So, and uh, a lot of suffering people, and we are ministering to to many of them. We'll, we'll, want, we'll want to talk some more about the history in Russia and uh, Christianity and the way things have evolved. But let's come to Ukraine because here is a point where so many Australians have an attachment because so many Australians were on the plane MH17 that was shot mm-hmm. down and uh, allegedly by a Russian missile. And uh, these sorts of stories, no doubt, have flowed through Russian media, uh, accusations that come from the West, uh, that come from Australia uh, towards Russia. How does that circumstance uh, sit with you as you reflect on what's happened there in Ukraine? Well, uh, of course, it, it, it is a very difficult, very complex situation. It was a shame that Russia uh, had its veto on the investigation on, on the uh, tribunal. Makes them look guilty, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I'm Russian myself. My wife is Ukrainian, so I'm trying to be very, very diplomatic as, as far as uh, accusing anybody. Um, but uh, one thing is for sure, uh, it is a very tense situation and very... Uh, a lot of people are suffering, and thousands of people, of course, have been killed there. And um, it is understandable that uh, Australians, uh, it is a very painful issue for uh, so many people lost their relatives and friends here. And uh, we, we are praying for uh, for all those people. And as far as investigation, it is, it is very difficult to, to see how it's going to happen. And... Um, it is very close to us because God let us open uh, a station in eastern Ukraine 11 months uh, before all of this started. And uh, we were able to, to preach the gospel to the people there. And then they destroyed our station, you know, the rebels did. And then uh, they killed four of our volunteers. So we feel like we are in the same, in, in the same family with, with those people who who lost their relatives here in Australia. Let's just dwell on that just for a moment because I remember a conversation that I had with Kevin Keegan from FEBC in Australia around that time and uh, and we called uh, Australians to prayer uh, for your people there in Ukraine mm-hmm. because uh, just to come back to that, uh, you say when all of this uh, uh, disturbance became uh, so significant. Uh, you'd been on the air in FEBC in Ukraine for 11 months before uh, this shooting down of the plane, and there was an attack against the FEB studios, uh, FEBC studios, and four people were killed. Four people were killed. Uh, some of them I, I, I knew uh, personally very well. Uh, one of the widows that was left, uh, she has eight children. I, I, I've seen her grow up. So, so all of this is very close to my, to my heart. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, one of them was very, very 
influential broadcaster, just a volunteer who would come and do his program uh, on Monday. He, he's a new Christian, not from a Christian background, so he would come and be very entertaining and, and uh, he would say, okay, let's talk about how you quit smoking. I'll tell you my story. And people would start calling and he would have this lively conversation. So, and eventually they came in and they took them uh, uh, in into the building that was a former KGB building. When I came uh, to that building, I was there uh, shortly after they were killed. It was uh, very emotional for me because this was exactly the building where my dad was held uh, during the Soviet times. So all those emotions came in. And uh, I came with one of the widows, uh, Victor's wife. His name is also Victor. And she, of course, experienced all those emotions. And, and we prayed together. And now she's, she, Natalia is her name. She's She's working with the local refugees, with the soldiers who, who are there, and uh, just bringing the gospel to them. And, and many of them, we distributed thousands of radios to them. Uh, by the way, with help from uh, Australians as well. And uh, it, is, it is wonderful to see that so many of them are already becoming Christians. Soldiers, refugees, people who are just hurt by, by war. And it is wonderful to see that people who suffered uh, from all of this are now serving others. So even though there was an attack on the FEBC studios there in Ukraine, uh, the work continues and you continue to broadcast. Uh, Has that made a difference to the way that people uh, conduct themselves, the way that uh, people who are coming and being part of your broadcast team, uh, are uh, are they... uh, strengthened, emboldened by having been through such a horrific attack on the radio station, or uh, how does it how does it work these days? Well, of course, you know when rebels took the station, uh, we were off the air for a few months, and then uh, Ukrainian army came in, and we were on the air again. And of course, it changed because we are just just like you. We are talk radio. People call in. And the whole atmosphere is different. The whole environment is different. First of all, uh, many people are suffering. Uh, Many people lost their friends and relatives uh, to war. And uh, at the same time, they open their hearts to Jesus because um, because they are suffering. They are looking for answers. And and we are providing those answers. And, And... on so many occasions, you listen to the station and people are saying, uh, I just feel love coming out of you. And this is all we can share, Jesus. Uh, we, we cannot feed everybody we are trying to. We cannot give radios even to uh, everyone we are trying to. But we, we can share the love of Christ and people feel that. And, and many of them are coming to, to the local churches. Victor, wanting to invite our listeners to be part of this conversation. Uh, If uh, this is resonating with you, you can be part of our conversation today. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on what's happened in Ukraine uh, and uh, in Russia, uh, MH17, uh, as we've been talking about, uh, Christian radio that was on the receiving end. Uh, Four people shot, killed uh, in a dreadful attack by rebels that were there. Uh, We'll take some calls very shortly, but 1-800-316-316. Let's come back to Russia, Victor, where the main centres for FEBC in Russia are in Moscow and in St. Petersburg. How significant is FEBC in the the reach that you have there in Russia? Um, 
we we decided to uh, we ask ourselves that question: How significant are we? And we discovered we have two hundred and fifty thousand people listening to us only in Saint Petersburg, and that's uh, that's two hundred and fifty thousand people every day who listen to us. And of course, the uh, Christian evangelical Christian population in Russia is very low, around one percent. And uh, for uh, uh, most of our people who are listening to us are not Christians. They are not in the church. So that's how we are different from most of the, I'm guessing, from most of the stations here in Australia, because most of our listeners uh, are not in church. They do not know Christ, and, and we are uh, doing everything we can to, to bring them to churches, and they are coming. I talk to pastors all the time, and, and some of them say, like in a circle, you know, one says, I have five people who just recently came to my church. Uh, another says, I have 12. One guy says, I, f- I have 50 people who came to my church through through FBC because people uh, are looking for answers. And Russia is becoming, you know, kind of uh, nominally orthodox uh, kind of Christian country, but people never read the Bible. A very low percentage actually believe. And we are bringing this real connection with with Jesus Christ and, and promoting local churches. We are taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Simon in the Barossa Valley. Hello, Simon. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Um, just wanted to ask your uh, uh, guest there, just... Um, this is my personal belief. I believe that uh, Russia's been type of uh, crucified by some of the world leaders because they won't join the United Nations. Um, and we know that uh, there's a push for one world order. And a lot of this stuff that's going on with Russia, and a lot of Christians believe it, that the Russians are bad eggs and all this, but I believe Russia, most uh, Russian people are good people. And thank, they, thank you for saying that, first of all. <laughs> well, I know a fair few of them. There's a lot of them work here in um, South Australia, in wineries and that, and uh, they're good down-to-earth people. And uh, what what we hear on the news um, is nothing like what is actually going on a lot of the time. And um, I believe Russia's been set up by the media and by America and that to make them look bad, to pressurise them with all these sanctions to join United Nations in the in the One World Order push, and uh, but yet there's a lot of uh, Russians are very strong um, Christians, and uh, I believe they'll be a strong Christian power in the end times. I'm talking individually, standing up for the truth. Yeah, well, th- th- thanks, Simon, for for your call, and thank you again for saying that uh, some some of the Russians are nice, at least, you know. So, uh, I I told someone, you know, I'm I'm a nice Russian, and, and, uh, and the guy said, well, this is this is doesn't exist in nature, you know, nice Russian. So, it's good <laughs> it's good to see that uh, that some some people still believe in us, and of course, you know, we uh, we do not go into political issues, and uh, we are just proclaiming Christ, and. Uh, you see propaganda on on every side, you know, and and that's that's a given, you know. You you understand that, but uh, Russia is becoming unfortunately more and more controlled, and we don't know what tomorrow will bring. You know, maybe it's the last time I sit here and I say that we have stations in Moscow and Saint Petersburg because they're squeezing us out, and and the political situation is becoming more and more tense. So it is worrisome, and and we, for that reason, we appreciate your prayers.
It's Neil with you. 2020, Viktor Aktorov is our guest. He's director of FEBC, that's Christian Radio, in Russia, FEBC Russian Ministries. We're getting some insights into Christianity in Russia today. Just to pick up on something very quickly that you were talking about in our last segment there, Viktor, the things are very changeable in Russia. Things are not so... so, uh, uh, Uniform that what is happening today may be what will be uh, what will be happening tomorrow. How how difficult is it to plan for the future when you know that things are so uh, perhaps topsy turvy, uneven? You know, we we were just going through our um, kind of training to to see where we are going in the future. It is so difficult to to plan because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The level of propaganda on Russian TV, on Russian radio, secular radio against anything Western against um, anything evangelical is, is just staggering. It, it is worse than it was during the Soviet times. So it is changing and it changed in 12 months. So we don't know what the future holds. And, um, but we are using every moment we can to, to bring the gospel to people and change hearts, change minds. In the circumstances that you have there in Russia, ordinary family life, tell me what ordinary family life is like for a Christian family in Russia. Well, for for a, for a Christian family, uh, of course, may, many of them. Well, it it is. We still have a lot of freedom. We still have freedom to evangelize, and it is very dear to me. And, and Christians in Russia are are trying to do everything they can to to evangelize. One of the ways they evangelize, they bring uh, lots of people who are using drugs. Lots of young people, millions of young people in Russia are using drugs. So we we create rehab centers for them, and in many of them we have. Uh, FEBC radio playing and uh, I've had so many testimonies when you come to those centers and, and one guy just hugged me and said you know Victor looking into my you know that Jesus loves me you know that he, he loves me and, and he was just, just looking into me and you know sometimes we forget that he really does the guy was out there on the street dying three days ago and then he came in listened 24-7 to FEBC and, and was just changed you see you see joy in his eyes so this is one of the ways and we use those social problems that unfortunately are there to bring people to Christ another one is uh, is, is uh, our program to, to adopt kids we have about 2 million children uh, and that's more than Russia had uh, after the second world war Two million uh, kids who are social orphans. They have parents, but parents are, again, using drugs or drinking uh, unfit parents. So, so they live in these huge orphanages and, and terrible conditions. Let's dwell on that for a moment. Two million social orphans. And you call them social orphans because of the dramatic problems that families are facing in Russia. And you mentioned the millions uh, who are suffering under drug abuse. Uh, also the alcoholism issue, uh, you also mentioned that. Uh, these social orphans are because parents have lost control of what it is to be to a be parents. parent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they just do. And I hear story after story after story how, how those kids are treated. You know, uh, one guy was, was living in a, in a doghouse actually for, for several months, you know, outside. Uh, he was six. So, and, and those kids are then, you know, government takes them away from families, uh, obviously, and they put them in those huge orphanages. And to make statistics better, and they close smaller orphanages and they create huge ones uh, in the forest. And there is 
rape and abuse going on like crazy. You hear those stories. And what we are doing, we are trying to encourage Christians and just, you know, godly, normal people to, to bring kids out of those orphanages and into the families. And, and this movement um, began maybe 10 years ago. Uh, nobody would adopt. You know, you talk to a Christian in Russia and you talk about adoption, they would say, why would you want to adopt if you can have your own kids? Uh, so we help to have this uh, cultural change, and it is real change. Now, almost all my friends have adopted. Almost all my uh, Christian friends have adopted. And you see lives being changed, and, and those kids are just thriving. Sometimes we think of this proclamation of the gospel as being the highest ideal, and it still is the priority issue. Uh, but where we've got a social activity that's happening in the church of meeting a community need that there is so obviously there in Russia, those go hand in hand. And we're not just talking about the salvation of a life, someone who responds to Christ. But we're talking about a whole life being changed, transformed. Total, total transformation. Let, let me tell you, let yes. me give you a, a short story. I, I'm in Moscow, stuck in traffic. So I'm calling my, my friend, a pastor who lives there in, in that area. I say, how about I stop by... by We'll have a cup of tea. And he says, I have a better idea. You go to my friend's house. You know, this little apartment is one of those huge buildings, and and, uh, and they will be glad to have you. So we came kind of uninvited to to, to this little apartment, and husband and wife. Uh, so they have tea, Russian cookies. Those are the best, by the way. Um, so <laughs> everything is there. They're so glad to see us. So yes. we come in, and they share their stories. You know, first uh, she began to listen, the wife, and she became a Christian right away, and she's said just like that, you know, I became a Christian right away because, you know, I got it right away. And my husband, he's so stubborn, you know, and, and she started praying for the husband. And she prayed and prayed for a few months. And the guy's a driver. He's driving a bus. Uh, he says, I never got into accident in 27 years. And she starts praying. I get into accident, break both of my legs. Here I am on the bed. And she's so nice to me, feeding me, giving me all the best food that I love. And she puts a radio kind of outside of my reach, but so I can hear it, you know, I cannot turn it down. And he said, after uh, after two weeks of listening to FBC, I, I decided to become a Christian, you know. So we, we're having this wonderful conversation. Their daughter comes in and says, uh, oh, hi, you know how teenagers are. She's 15. And, and they say, this is Uncle Victor. And she's like, Uncle Victor. They call us uncles, you know, if you're over 40, you're an uncle. <laughs> yes, so yes. Hi, hi, Uncle Victor. And I say, hi, Oksana. And her name is just like my wife's name, uh, my wife's name, Oksana. And, uh, and they said, this is Uncle Victor from FBC. And this little teenager kind of freezes for a moment. And, and she looks at me. And instead of shaking my hand, she kind of gives me a hug, this awkward teenage hug. And she says, Unfortunately, I, can, I, I cannot be with you for, for, for long because I'm late for, for the youth service. I have to run, but thank you for what you're doing. And she kind of ran, ran away. And I asked the parents, what, what just happened, you know? And they said, well, after we became Christians, we continued to listen to FBC. And you kept talking about adoption. And we are in our early 50s, and we cannot adopt. Uh, so we decided to come to the orphanage, maybe help a little. We came, saw Oksana. She looked at us. We knew she is our daughter. And that's why she's she's thanking you. That's why she's giving you a hug. And uh, I have stories like that from so many families. And and this is exactly what what you said. You know, it's not just salvation. It's salvation and total transformation of life. You can be part of our conversation. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Andrew in Bow Desert in Queensland. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for waiting on the line. What are your thoughts? 
Um, I just had a question. Um, I've heard in history about um, uh, Zionism affecting Russian history um, in the early 1900s. I was just wondering if um, if you had heard of that and whether there is any of it affecting um, politics in Russia today. And um, I know this Zionism uh, came from, say, the Kabbalah and Talmud. Yeah. Um, I I, I I can tell. Well, first of all, you know, I'm not that old. Uh, early 1900s, <laughs> I, I don't really remember, you know. Uh, but uh, and I, I have a little bit of Jewish blood in me. Not so I don't consider myself Jewish. But uh, um, and by the way, by the way, we have a, a great evangelistic program for for Russian Jews. And and every month I, I hear testimonies about uh, Jewish people becoming becoming Christians. And that's just you know joy to my heart. Uh, as far as those theories, I, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, there are so many theories about about Kabbalah and how, how it affected the Russian politics, and uh, I, I don't think there is there is uh, that uh, the Russian rulers are so uh, mystical. They they just crap for money, and they're looking for. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, among Russian. Just, just between you and me. So, so I hope no, no Russian generals from KGB are listening. But many of them are into paganism, and that's the new trend in, in, among the Russian elites. So, uh, I don't think there there is a great influence coming from Kabbalah. Insights into Christianity in Russia today. You can be part of our conversation. The talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Viktor Aktorov is director of Christian Radio in Russia, FEBC Russian Ministries. We're talking through some of the issues and getting some insights. We're talking about the dreadful problem of drug abuse. You mentioned also alcoholism. Uh, causing an enormous issue with social orphans and so many Christian families mm-hmm. rising to the challenge and adopting these social orphans. These are not the only big challenges that are going on in Russia. Uh, we often reflect here in Australia about uh, teenage suicide and suicide in general, but teenage suicide, a big issue in Russia. Yeah, Russia is unfortunately number one in the world. Uh, in t- teenage suicide, and you know, uh, we can spend the rest of the hour and the next two hours. Uh, no kidding, I- I'll go- I'm going to be telling you story after story after story how how people were uh, of averted suicides because of uh, FEBC broadcast throughout throughout Russia. People who are disadvantaged, people who are uh, disconnected, people uh, who were kicked out of the family. Uh, one one lady was tell, telling me uh, recently, I was preaching in, in the church in St. Petersburg, and, and you know how it is after sermon, people come and greet you, and, and this lady came and just shook my hand and said, thank you for saving my life. And I, I said, what, what do you mean? And she told me the story about uh, how she was ready to end it all. Two small kids, uh, husband announced that, that they're going to have a divorce, and uh, she was she was ready to uh, just slash her, uh, her 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 veins, and uh, in order for kids not to hear what was about to happen, she went to the radio, uh, increased the volume, and the words came from the radio saying, "You have hope in Jesus Christ, you have hope for life in Jesus Christ," and and she said those words just went into into my heart, and and you know, 
it, it's, it's like that. You know, you have lots of people walking around, and she just shares a life story with you. And, and her uh, kids came and said, come on, come on, mommy, let's go. Daddy is waiting uh, downstairs. And, and stories like that that just touch your heart. You know, I, I was in the studio once, and uh, one of our pastors, a volunteer pastor from a local Moscow church, was doing a program. And, and this guy called, was obviously depressed, did not know what to do, began crying, you know, 17-year-old uh, on the air. And the pastor, in maybe 15 minutes talking to him, kind of pulled him back to life. And uh, I, I later met him. He, he became a great Christian. And uh, there are so many stories. I, uh, I was talking to this pastor. I said, Andrew, why do you come to FEBC for so long, for 15 years, uh, without any pay, you know, if you're still hoping, you, you know, uh, you, you should guess we're not paying you. And, and he said, you know what, I stopped counting how many people came to know Christ through my, through my program in those 15 years, but I'm still counting how many people uh, decided not to commit suicide. And he says, I, I have 15 people like that one per year. And um, uh, later on, he sent me a message, just one number, 16. That is amazing. Let's talk about the current status of Christianity in Russia. You mentioned that there are only 1% of the Russian population who are evangelical Christians. Uh, there'd be some others that come from, uh, from Orthodox mainline denominations too. If you're reflecting on the broad cross-section of Christianity in Russia, uh, what does it look like today? Well, unfortunately, the the level of of nominality in in the Orthodox Church is very very high, and what we are trying to do, we we never work against anyone in the nation. We are working for for Christ, so yes. we are trying to to bring everybody together and you know tow, towards Jesus. And uh, we even have some people you know doing apologetics. Uh, for example, one great uh, Orthodox Christian who who is doing that on our radio, and we we try to. Uh, even starting the conversation could be about anything. We're saying, as Christians, you know, since, since people consider themselves Christians, as Christians, we need to know this about the Bible. And we start the conversation, and people start calling, and they feel like Christians. And then uh, we get so many testimonies when they say, I thought I was a Christian. Now I know what Bible actually means. Now, and because of FBC Radio, I know what Jesus wants from me, and, and I know Jesus eventually. So uh, we, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, stories like that. Unfortunately, percentage-wise, uh, there are very, very few, maybe 5% uh, of Russian population goes to church, period, any church, any Christian church. So, And the Muslim population is is growing, by the way. And they are, uh, I, I was recently, that they were great. Uh, we, in St. Petersburg, we are located next to the mosque. And there were thousands of people for one Muslim celebration there. So I interviewed uh, several young people there, and they told me that you, my Russian friends don't really believe, they call themselves Christians, but they don't really believe, we, we do. So it's, it is the situation in Russia, and we have about 20 million Muslims and a lot of nominal Christians, and we are evangelizing both groups. Mm. Tell me about your president, uh, Vladimir Putin. Does he have any particular attitudes towards Christianity? Uh, I, I, you maybe even have to uh, to be careful how you answer, but uh, but when you reflect on your president uh, offering leadership to the nation, uh, just a, a small percentage of Christians uh, coming mm-hmm. out of all of the change that happened uh, through those historical times, uh, which was 
in some respects, uh, when the USSR was disbanded and uh, uh, and the the changes that happened, uh, the openness policy under Gorbachev, uh, the changes that happened, uh, the the thought of new freedoms. Uh, when you reflect on uh, your president now, does he offer leadership that is open to Christian thought and action, Christianity, uh, or is there a is there a real difficulty there? Uh, yeah, yes and no. It is a very complex situation. Uh, of course, nobody knows the heart of the person. He claims to be an Orthodox Christian. And even that is a great step, you know, for, for us uh, Russians. If your president claims to be uh, a believer, that's that's great, you know, to start with that. Uh, what's happening in the heart, I, I don't know. Only God knows. Uh, he's trying to bring Orthodox Church and uh, as a national kind of religion. And he's trying to be careful about that. We still have freedom as evangelicals. Uh, but sometimes those issues come up and it, it is difficult. So we as a FBC, of course, are very interdenominational and uh, evangelical and interdenominational, but uh, some of my pastor friends are complaining that they go through through very difficult times, very difficult times, especially when things in Ukraine uh, started to happen, and one of the, their leaders was an evangelical Christian, and Russians were just afraid, and uh, through every every church, there was a police present there, uh, you know, the attorney general's local Attorney generals were there, and, and they were checking and checking and checking, being afraid of evangelical church, um, because um, we are seen as pro-Western for some reason. Mm. I was going to ask you, I can't really let that go, uh, the relationship between Orthodox and uh, evangelicals. And as you say, there is a level of suspicion against uh, evangelicals because of a, a pro-Western uh, perception. Uh, where does that pro-Western perception come from? It, because uh, somehow rather evangelical Christianity has a, a big image in, in, say, the United States. Is that where it comes from? Uh, some of it, yes. Some of it, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, traditionally Russia has been an Orthodox country and evangelicals like Baptists have a history there of 120 years, you know, so and, and so do different movements in evangelical movements in Russia. But the vast majority uh, of, of Russians feel uh, Orthodox because they are Russians. So they, this is, you know, the Orthodox culture in the country. And um, so so it, it is difficult to say we are doing all we can to to make sure that we point uh, people to Jesus. Uh, and uh, respect our traditions. There's nothing wrong with the tradition, but you have to be able to connect to God in a meaningful way. And and that's what FEBC is all about. We are we are trying to to unite as much as possible. But those uh, recently there was uh, I was watching uh, Russian TV yesterday and heard three different reports about uh, so-called cults, and cults are evangelical Christians, mm-hmm. and that's on main federal uh, Russian channel, TV channel. Mm. The sorts of things you're speaking to Australian audiences about over this next 10 days, uh, what sort of main topics do you uh, hope to be able to talk about uh, when you say you're, you know, you're speaking this weekend, uh, the Brisbane School of Theology uh, and, uh, and on the Gold Coast and in Sydney, uh, what sort of things are you? Did you come with a predetermined uh, idea of this is what I want to be able to share with Australians? Well, first of all, I, I've never been to Australia. I, I'm enjoying Australia, you know. So the, <laughs> I, 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 I like that. Uh, I'm glad that they came already. So, but but I hope to bring uh, the reality of what's going on in in Russia to to help people understand uh, where we are as a church, what we are doing, and to bring people to Christ and and to see how. 
how we can work together because um, as FEBC Australia, uh, they are helping us on a monthly basis. And, and if not for Australians, uh, we would not have such an influence in, in the country. Uh, of course, with uh, you know evangelical population being around 1%, it is really difficult to to fill the budget uh, of the of the radio station. So uh, a lot of people are supporting us with very small amounts in Russia and Ukraine. People are uh, suffering really deeply, especially in Ukraine now. And the Russian economy is going, going down. And the ruble lost like, you know, 70% of its value. And, and, and still people give us money because uh, the lives are being changed. But we need help. And uh, that help is coming from Australia too. And we are really grateful for that. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you. Victor Aktorov is our guest, director of FEBC Russian Ministries. That's Christian Radio in Russia. Because there is a connection here in Australia, FEBC Australia, and the website for FEBC, febc.org.au. And you can find out all of the dates where Victor is speaking uh, throughout Australia in his uh, 10-day tour. Uh, Victor, let me just come back to the value and importance of Christian radio in a nation like Russia. Uh, We know how valuable it is here in Australia, and uh, we're overflowing our own shores into various uh, South Pacific islands Mm -hmm. and uh, Southeast Asia and up into Papua New Guinea. Uh, When we talk about Christian radio in Russia, there must be stories that you can tell, as you have been, of lives transformed, but people being... Uh, taken on a journey with Christian radio, yeah, uh, yeah, right from being a non-believer to being real people of very, very pastors, very, very active Christians, uh, many pastors. I travel throughout Russia, of course, and uh, almost every time uh, I meet people who are in leadership positions in the church, very influential Christians who tell me that they uh, started their Christian journey by listening to FBC, and this is really, really encouraging. I, I remember when, when we just started uh, in the far east of Russia, they call it the city's kind of appendix of Russia, little city uh, where Usuri tigers live, you know. So uh, we came to the station and, uh, non-Christian station, and the guy who is who is the man, manager of the station, you know, smoking his cigar, he looks at me, who are you? And I say, well, we, we would, would like to put some Christian programs uh, on your station. He's like, I don't know what a Christian program would be. I said, we can show you. Uh, and he said, okay, you have an hour. As long as you play those four commercials, you know, he says to, to, to the young lady sitting there. And, uh, and we started broadcasting. And, you know, sometimes you know that God is there. And sometimes you really know that God is there uh, in the room. And he was there. And uh, one lady called, I'll, I'll never forget. She, she started saying, well, uh, you speak about Jesus who can help us in in real life. Is that true? And I said, yes, it is true. And she said, my daughter is, is dying uh, from drugs. She's 16 years old. And what can Jesus do for me? What can you do for me? And uh, I did not know what to say. I said, maybe I can pray for you. And she started saying, that's great. And she started praying right away. And, and we joined her in prayer. And you could just feel that God is working. And 
Uh, I'm thinking, is it just me? I look at the girl uh, behind the glass and, and she's crying, you know, mascara all over her uh, young face, also 17-year-old. And she forgot to play all those four commercials because people were calling and, and responding. And then after after the hour, uh, it just flew by and, and we come out and she says, you know what, I don't know what just happened, but this was just just scary and amazing. And what was this? And I said, well, th- this was this was God. And she said, you know, one more thing, another uh, gentleman called and uh, he said to wait for him because he's coming and uh, here it is this guy rushes in you know also young 20 something and and he says victor is this you and he starts hugging me and hugging me and i'm saying you know i don't know you guy you know what, what's going on and he said i became a christian by listening to to your shortwave on broadcast and and today he's pastoring this young guy he's pastoring the biggest church in that city and he's overseeing 10 other churches and we hear stories like that over and over again people uh, become christians and then they either adopt some uh, you know a child or become uh, leaders in, in, in the Christian church or become pastors and uh, influence others. Uh, and now he is one of our uh, frequent broadcasters. It is an amazing story and it leads me to reflect on whether there is a hangover uh, from all of those uh, years in a very deep communism, uh, which is a materialistic, godless uh, ideology uh, that while there is freedom now, is there a hangover from all of those uh, years where where Christianity was really very, very uh, held under well, uh, uh, under a, an iron fist? Uh, yeah. So when when you start to hear about stories like this, I mean, for us, it's it's a little bit difficult to understand. But to hear these stories of the way that people have felt as though uh, their opportunity to respond to Christianity was so suppressed, uh, then to hear opportunity come like this and people responding so openly. Yeah, yeah, many do. And of course, on, on, on the large level, the church is still very, very weak and small because because of those, those pressures, uh, you know, generations um, grew up and, and some of them died uh, under communism. And many of them still kind of feel uh, on a deep level there, there is no God. They call themselves Christians, and uh, many of them say, well, but we don't know for sure, do we? And that's, you know, if you have atheism in the country for 70 years, uh, it leaves its mark uh, on the people, unfortunately. So we are working against that. And and when we see those stories, when people are becoming believers in the society like this one, it is really exciting for us to see. And and we believe that Russia will change. And next time I come to Australia, I'll I'll be reporting on at least 3% of Russian Christians. (laughs) Very good. Uh, look, coming back to your own history and uh, those challenging years where your father was imprisoned under the USSR and uh, the challenges that you had there of being able to meet together uh, where you would sure. know that the uh, the authorities would be coming and you'd have to flee into the forest and uh, secret meetings of believers. Uh, is uh, Is it really a very open opportunity that you have now as a Christian or are there still... Uh, some persecutions that happen against Christians in different outer-lying areas in Russia. Well, if you compare it to, to the Soviet times, we have complete freedom. We have complete freedom, you know. Uh, it, it is it is a different world. Uh, but uh, what is worrisome that 
that the persecution is coming back slowly, but it's coming back. If you compare it to five years ago, we are in much more difficult situation. The church is in Russia than, than five years before. So it is coming back. It is coming in different form, the persecution against the church. And uh, we don't know actually what to do uh, with this. Uh, you know, how, how to, uh, what, what do you do when, when you, uh, you know, the police comes uh, and, and checks who you are, what, what you're doing, and they do it again and again and again, and they do it throughout Russia. It is, it is scary. So we, uh, we ask for, for your prayer support. You also mentioned there were 20 million Muslims in Russia. Is there a growing issue with the rise of Islam that creates a lot of uh, tension and difficulty and uh, potential terror attacks? Of course, uh, and we had a wave of terror attacks during the 1990s, and now what's going on is uh, Moscow basically paying off the Chechen rebels. Uh, if you go to Chechnya, uh, there's, you know, you, you see new buildings everywhere. They're just paying a lot of money to, to Chechnya to keep, to, pe- to keep quiet. And uh, this cannot continue for, for, for such a long time. And it is a very difficult, tense situation. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future? The government is worried. Uh, lots of thousands of Russian Muslims are fighting for ISIS, thousands of them. Uh, men, women, and they are recruited through the internet, and they go and fight and die there. So, so the situation is not as as nice as it, it seems sometimes on the surface, and uh, nobody knows what the future will will bring. So we are, uh, of course, broadcasting to to Muslims too, and many of them are becoming Christians. And uh, I'll never forget how I was just recently in the studio, and I heard one Muslim a man, uh, Azerbaijanian, becoming a Christian with heavy Russian accent, uh, just just saying, Jesus, come into my life. And this is just a representative uh, call of, of so many of them are, who are becoming Christians, because they see there is, as one girl wrote to us, she said, I see real answers, I, I see real life in Christianity. And she became, uh, for now, a secret believer. So we, we, have, we have stories like that coming from Muslims too. Well, I suspect you'd like Australians to be in prayer for Russia, for the whole nation, uh, but also, importantly, for the work of FEBC. Is that what your encouragement would be? Definitely. And pray also for Ukraine that is going through a very difficult time. And the conflict is difficult to resolve there and between Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine is a separate country from Russia. Uh, and uh, it, it is a very tense situation. And lots of Christians are suffering. Uh, lots of them lost their lives. And pray for those people and uh, this is uh, we've seen how prayer works uh, and thank you for that well let me just uh, give that website address where you can get the uh, the dates and venues for uh, opportunities to see Victor Aktorov the director of FEBC Russian Ministries it's febc.org.au that's the Australian arm of FEBC and you'll be able to find out those dates tomorrow night he's speaking in Brisbane at the Brisbane School of Theology or at least that's tomorrow afternoon actually between 2.30 and 4 uh, he's also speaking on the Gold Coast on Sunday Mosaic Baptist Church at Capera in Brisbane on Sunday night uh, he's into Sydney on Tuesday Uh, and around the Sydney area for a number of days. Uh, Victor, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you so much. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.